0: Hi, I'm Lizzie Earle, and this is Beyond the Numbers.
1: Chris Thompson here with another episode of Beyond the Numbers. On this occasion, I'm joined by Lizzie Earle, founder of Munch. Now, Munch is a boutique London PR agency Whilst it's only two years old, Lizzie already employs seven full time staff and has been nominated for several awards. She talks to me about many things, including being a child actor, working in Hong Kong, starting her own agency and developing its culture, the state of PR today and where it's heading next, and housing pigeons. Prepare for that and much more in what I hope you'll find is an interesting and illuminating chat. Hi Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us as our first person externally on our podcast, Beyond the Numbers. How are you feeling today?
0: Good, I'm absolutely honoured that I'm your first ever guest.
1: That's much appreciated. Now, obviously for this podcast I did a fair bit of research on you just to see what you're all about and who you are. And obviously we had an email exchange leading up to this, and I noticed quite a few things in the signature of your email. So I look down this list and I see the drums, Startup Agency of the Year 2018 finalist, Business Award finalist, again for the drum 2018. There's a few other ones, and PR Week Awards New Consultancy of the Year 2018 yeah so it's fair to say things are going really well yeah
0: just a little humble brag in the signature and
1: that's your agency munch munch yes, pr Munch, exactly well,
0: yeah no, it's
1: wonderful right. okay well we'll come to all of that shortly but what i'd really like to do is start with everything about you and maybe where you're from and what life was like growing up leading up to this point
0: yeah I'm actually from London, from a town called Ealing, actually a little town in Ealing called Hamwell, which no one knows, so a um, little shout out to Hamwell for anyone listening that's from there, probably no one. And yeah, just a pretty regular childhood. I always joke and say that I've been working since the age of five, because I actually started as a, a child actor.
1: Oh, right. uh, yeah, wow. Yeah,
0: from the age of five till 15, and then decided um wasn't for me, so...
1: Were you in anything interesting?
0: Yeah, I've been lo- loads of stuff. Actually, I did it for ten years, and my sister still does it. Yeah, I did like a couple of feature films: Casualty, Holby City. The
1: which feature films?
0: It was one called Fairy Tell A True Story. Okay. Uh, Ever After, Mansfield Park.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, okay. A
0: few. Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, brilliant! And what 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 stopped you?
0: Do you know what? It wasn't really my thing. I liked. It was weird. I liked doing it. But I didn't want anyone to see it. I kind of like being in the background. So that's kind I guess that's what's quite good about PR is I get to pull the strings and help other people get the the fame, but for me it's it's not really my sort of thing. So
1: fame was not your thing? No. How did how did you get into being a child actor?
0: My mum was was really into it and she yeah, she she put us forward for stuff. Okay. And
1: yeah. your sister still does it? Yeah, she Can still we does see it. her in certain things yeah, or anything at the moment? On,
0: yeah, she's on T V. She's a social influencer. She's oh, in films, flying to LA all the time often for you know. Oh right, okay. Yeah, so you don't
1: really miss well. that, I, that that life <laughs> No, I don't.
0: I I'm not really a performer. It just makes me um it's just not in my blood. I don't enjoy it. I play instruments and I hate playing them for anyone else. I just don't like it.
1: Which which instruments do you play?
0: Violin and guitar.
1: Well, in and guitar yeah. too. Okay. it's quite skilled then okay. to do that. Yeah. yeah not wow. the same
0: time, just one.
1: Okay. Well, so you, was your childhood sp- always spent in Ealing or?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Always spent in Ealing actually.
1: Mm. Yeah. And like me, you're London born mm-hmm. and still living in London. That's a yeah. very, that's a rarity these days. That's true. So what was, what was school like? What was growing up like for you?
0: School was great actually. I went to just a normal, normal comprehensive school in West London, I was A bit of a boffin, but also, you know, part of the cool kids, I suppose. I got on with everyone. We had different groups. Like, had the rude girls, the grungers. I was friends with everyone.
1: <laughs> so you were an all rounder.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: were you? Were you good at? Um, were you good academically?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Pretty
0: good. Straight A's and all that. Yeah, we did like GCSE grades. Yeah,
1: go on. Why three not three A
0: stars, seven <laughs> A's, and two B's. I'm still annoyed about the B's.
1: Yeah. Which? What was the B in? Uh,
0: the B was in history and uh, music. Although I did get the highest for the composition, so that's okay. I got the highest GCSE mark for sociology, which means I'm good at understanding people, which is good for public relations, right?
1: Right, yeah. Okay, so who inspired you when you were young, or who inspires you now?
0: Who inspired me when I was younger? I don't really know.
1: What, what, what was driving you?
0: Um, I don't think I ever had any sort of idols when I was younger. I was never really into pop music. I was quite weird. If anyone was into something, I would, I would... I don't want to be into that. So I wasn't into like pop music or anything, Spice Girls. Probably my family and people, I, I'm inspired by people that work hard. Mm. I like Any, to...
1: Anyone in particular? Gosh.
0: There's a, there's a lot of people in, around me now that inspire me. And, yeah, go on, um, yeah. So there, you know, people in the PI industry, Andrew Block from Frank. So Frank was one of the first agencies I ever worked at. And Andrew is one of the first people I ever emailed, and I always um keep in touch with him and keep tabs on what they're doing. I would say I'm trying to think who else I have a, a mentor called Alan who's fantastic yeah and um and and just just lots of people really so a lot my clients inspire me you know the things that I do we get to work with some amazing people um some amazing brands there's a an entrepreneur called Bonnie who runs Miso Tasty, which are doing amazing at the moment and we're lucky to be working with them. So yeah, just, just everyone really. I don't think I've, I've put anyone, you know, on, on a pedestal like a... Yeah,
1: okay, that's like fair me. enough. So did you go to uni? Yeah, I went to uni that?
0: in East London. Okay. Queen Mary did English literature. I was actually going to go and do um, medicine because I wanted to be a, a forensic pathologist. Wow. Yeah, quite different. What,
1: what made you want to be that?
0: I think it's problem solving and okay. um, you know getting to the root of the the crime. I love that. I'm a real problem solver. So um yeah, doing forensics and autopsies and things was what I wanted to do. Wow. Which is weird. Yeah, I even did okay. work experience at a funeral home so that I would have something to put on my CV when I uh, on my, you know, application for medical school, but then um I just decided I was good at chemistry and biology and things like that, but I was much better at English and I thought much, and I enjoyed it better so I thought if I did something that I was good at and I enjoyed it, it would lead to a job that I was good at and I enjoyed and and it did so I didn't up I didn't spend seven years struggling through medical school which is
1: right yeah okay what was it like doing a work experience at a funeral home
0: they loved it I was the only person they'd ever had um they like arranged my whole week they took me on field trips I remember having to do like having to take photos at someone's funeral, which is really weird thinking about it now. Why, why would you have to do that? But I was there, you know, taking photos, and they showed me a cremation. They took me behind the scenes. They showed they showed me how to do an embalming. It was really interesting. Wow. And it actually gave me a lot of... Resp- it was really nice because um, I went to the same place some of my relatives had gone, and I saw the process behind, and every, everything, everyone was treated really, really well, and there was a lot of dignity in it, and I just, it was nice to see, actually.
1: Mm. So you... You obviously you did uni and then you came out and th- did that kick-start your career in PR
0: I got kind of fed up with studying my second year I was like ready for work I was desperate for work um but I've always been into working I think I had my first job after acting was in like a cafe in in Hanwell for three pounds an hour which is probably illegal I think it was like 12 making <laughs> sandwiches so I loved I love working and so I was really desperate to get into the into the industry and I think I was just talking to someone I was working at a pub and I was talking to some one of the people that worked that was um one of the punters and I said oh I should probably do an internship somewhere and he said oh why well, do PR why don't you why don't you do PR so I said like, okay applied to a PR agency got in and that was kind of it it was that was history and okay. I just, um, I, I'd worked there throughout the summer and then I came back on after I graduated. As you know, I worked there throughout the summer and I kind of worked for them part-time throughout my third year as well. So I was already working. And then as soon as I graduated, I, was, I had a job there. And so I was there for a year and still a still small agency in Soho, above a sex shop, doing, um, <laughs> just doing PR. What, what Which
1: areas of PR were they in?
0: We did restaurants and bars, talent um, and brands. Okay. And I was given quite a lot of responsibility for my age, and now looking back,
1: How How old were you roughly at the time? 21, 21 22? 20, yeah,
0: yeah, 21 or 22. Just left to run account, sort of made it up as I went along.
1: Um, <laughs> and it was fine. So PR was a bit different back then, right?
0: Um, kind of, yeah.
1: Is that, is that what, 10 plus years yeah. ago? Something Somewhere around there, yeah. Um, I just know because I used to work in PR. Maybe we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Oh, okay, that's we'll come good. To that. Well, that's a funny. little bit of PR and marketing at the time. I just I was thinking back um, in preparation for this, thinking what was it like when I was doing that, and um, we had all sorts of things that we did that are probably very old and bad practice now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What PR did you do?
1: So it was um, for it was food ingredients Mm -hmm. for food manufacturers. So they were marketing food ingredients to food manufacturers, which is quite a a big area and a controversial game because um, you're talking about certain things that you're putting in food to make them tastier healthier blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. and and you're talking about scientific benefits which you know can mm. be open to debate a little yeah. bit subjective sometimes so that was quite interesting to be involved in that and we used to um used to sort of basically if there's something new to put out there you, you'd throw out a release on email to all the journalists that you kind of had on your database mm. and then in the planning to the year ahead you'd look at like editorial um what do you call them? Features, Plan, plans, yeah. yeah, and then and then basically draw up feature articles for those plans. Um, I just remember there's this massive green book called the Willings Press Dictionary, I think it was called, and it sort of contained most of the world's PR related or press contacts, oh, basically, really? yeah. So if you couldn't find something you want to be in a particular magazine, you had to go through through that. Yeah, it's like the yellow pages, yeah, like the yellow oh, pages so of the funny. press. Oh gosh,
0: I don't remember that. That can't be ten years
1: ago. I did not. Well, have well, Oh, we're talking about two thousand and five six here so i'm i'm giving away my age a bit there you're rounding down quite a bit so yeah it was very probably very different to what you do now but um yeah i think um we'll we'll come on to pr in a a little bit so i mean you obviously had your first role how many many pr roles did you have before you decided i'm gonna do this alone i'm gonna start out alone
0: uh probably about five. Oh, big, yeah, big. Okay. So small agencies. Then I went to big agencies. Then I went in house, worked internationally um, in Hong Kong. Was that an agency up yeah, there? Got transferred. That was amazing. And then yeah, then decided to start up on my own.
1: What was I mean? You say Hong Kong was amazing. What what, what was the experience like?
0: Well, from a um, from a PR point of view, it was it was really great because I was in a completely different region, working in a different industry, tech. Um, and B two B, which I hadn't worked in before, and yeah, different culture, completely different culture, different media. Didn't you just take for granted when you live in a country that you just know, you just know stuff, you just know things. You, you read a paper, and you can pick up, you know, the context, the background, um, who the people are. You know, you connect dots that you don't realise you're connecting. Whereas when you go into a brand new region, you have no idea about anything really. Mm. Um, it's a lot of hard work to piece it all together.
1: That's, that's a big challenge, right? I mean, yeah. it's a, a culturally, that's a, a big shift. Yeah. Did you know anyone there other than your co-workers or the people you were working with? No, I
0: didn't know them either. So you
1: didn't know a soul? No, I didn't
0: know any people. You just
1: up sticks, mm-hmm. went out there not knowing a soul. Obviously, there's a bit of a British community still yeah. out there, correct? Expats. Yes. But how did you integrate?
0: Oh God, it's easy. You yeah. can't walk down the street without making a friend. Okay. Yeah. So it's everybody.
1: that it's that friendly. It is really friendly. So it's not like London then. No, it's not like London. <laughs> <laughs> so how long how long were you out there? For? I
0: was out there for one year and then I um I moved to Bali for a, a few months and started freelancing remotely out there. I was meant to be on a sort of break, career break. Because yeah. actually I did, I didn't plan to go to Hong Kong. I was um I actually quit the agency that I was working at and I think I'd been working for about eight years. Solidly and I just needed a break. They say it's seven year cycles, right? That you need a right, yeah break. Yeah. So I think I was overdue. Seven year
1: itch and seven-year kind of itch, yeah. exactly.
0: So I was having my <laughs> seven year itch, and um so I booked this round-the-world trip. I was gonna to go to South America, I was gonna to go to Asia, and then I was gonna to move to Australia for good and do PR out there. And about what, so, why Australia? Uh sunshine surf, English <laughs> language.
1: Oh yeah, no, I see you like surfing, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um I'm not very good at it, but I like it and um, yes I quit I sold everything everything that I owned I was ready to go and then three weeks before the agency I was at said uh, we need someone out in Hong Kong would you like to go for three months and run this project and it was yeah it seemed like such a great idea okay I wouldn't go to South America but I was going to go to Hong Kong in Asia anyway so I could just do that and then move forward. so I got really excited about that and then as soon as I said yes and you know uh, they kind of changed it to a permanent role and so then I was I was excited about it, and I thought it would be a really good experience. So I went out there. Didn't know anything about really um, Hong Kong, to be honest. And that was it.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then, and then probably there, you said you went to Bali.
0: Yes. Then I went to Bali for a few months. So I thought I'd better give myself a break. But I still didn't really have a break. Actually, <laughs> I ended up freelancing, and then I won a client and did a really good job on that. Launched this, helped to launch this business, uh, like a YouTube competitor for influencer content.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. From Bali using my like internet phone, calling journalists and did it all myself and then when I got back to England it just just happened. Okay. Yeah, it just really happened organically actually.
1: So you so you set up by yourself out there? Yeah. Came back and that was the start of munch?
0: A little bit later, yeah. A little bit later. So, so did you work for a few a others? Okay. Yeah. No, I've worked for myself ever since I got back from London, but I was freelancing. I hadn't really decided I was gonna build an agency with a brand um and then that's yeah i decided in october to launch
1: yeah and was that was that always part of the plan did you have a plan that you always wanted to have or run your own pr agency
0: i always wanted my own business yeah and why um because it's like it's like a challenge isn't it it's like a game not a game but it's i'm i like solving problems i'm like a fixer and so for me a business is just a big challenge to solve.
1: Are you are you obsessed by business?
0: Yeah, I think so. Definitely obsessed by my by my business and other people's business. Yeah.
1: Well what is it, it about business that you love other than the problem solving? The
0: pro- I think it is the problem solving that I've, ju- I've definitely learned that business is, isn't about everything and nothing goes smoothly. You have to embrace all the bumps. That's part of it. And if you don't then you don't really love business because business is about ad- adapting. You can't really con- you can't control everything. You can't control you know what happens externally but you can control what you do and who you bring in and what, you know what culture you have and what your values are and how you approach things and I just wanted to build something myself that I had control of.
1: I love um, culture and values yeah. I love that topic um, I guess I'm a little bit obsessed by certain business things a little bit yeah okay uh, that topic in particular Okay, great. but on that kind of subject what what things did you pick up or learn from leaders and bosses that you'd worked from in the past and do you apply Mm -hmm. any of those things today that's quite a big big question yeah that's a really big question (laughs) I'm just trying
0: to think what have I learned definitely for me leadership and people management is something I've learned along the way I'm, I'm a very I'm a task orientated person and I'm mm-hmm. really not a sense, I'm, I'm sensitive, but I, I have a thick skin and I can just, I can take criticism. I can take people being really direct to me. Um, I can take dealing with people who aren't very nice and they'll end up liking me because I just, I don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't need a lot of nurturing really. I just want to get on with it and do the job.
1: Have but you, not have like you always been like that? Yeah. From day dot.
0: Day, from day dot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so throughout school and everything, you were a go-getter and reasonably (laughs) thick-skinned.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely a go-getter. And I I like that in other people as well, actually. Not just in business, in life, you know. I don't take no for an answer. Just in my mind, everything's possible. So that's why, that's the basis I start from with everything.
1: So make is, is that tenacity? Is that the tenacity needed to, to start your own PR agency?
0: Definitely. You have to be tenacious in PR anyway, even if you don't have your own agency. Mm-hmm. You know, Sometimes it's about calling someone 20 times to the pick up. Mm-hmm. And most agencies will stop at five, you know, or someone will stop at four calls or that person's not going to call up. But we will, myself and, and all the team are very, very tenacious people.
1: Is that what separated you from maybe other workers that you worked alongside as you were going through the ranks? In PR, uh, that
0: oh, I don't think so. I've always worked with really great people. Actually, today. yeah, yeah, I've been really lucky. To so be, and learned, I, take, you
1: learn a little bit of that from them, definitely.
0: I think I think you should take bits from everyone. To, yeah. That's how you become better, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So, okay, you come back from Bali. You did a little bit of work elsewhere, and then suddenly it's like, right, I'm going to start my own agency.
0: I didn't do work elsewhere. I did okay. work for myself, Sorry. so I was freelancing for yeah. myself, for my own clients. So it just, and then as I got more clients, I bought, I brought up someone in to help me. Yeah, just so I needed extra pe- extra hands uh, to to support the workload that we had on, and I had a friend who worked PR who actually came and worked for us at lunch as well. His name's Jack. He's really good, mm-hmm. and um, he was at my in my kitchen, and we were doing you know selling in stories on my kitchen table. Had a pigeon living in there as well, which I didn't tell him about, and it just <laughs> flew in the window. It's like, where am I? What am I doing here? And um, yeah, and then I, and then I yeah then I built the brand and changed the name, and it it sort of happened. Very smoothly so
1: the early days were you, you jack child.
0: jack and um, a pigeon and a pigeon and yeah pigeon's exactly. name I don't remember. <laughs> they had two pigeon. pigeons. They laid eggs in the kitchen. and oh, um, I know. And then <laughs> this is why I say to people, don't work from home because it escalates. I was lonely and I was like, just let the pigeon in. And um, and then suddenly, you know, fast forward two months, your hand rearing baby pigeons in the middle of the night and you're thinking, where did this, where did this all go wrong? Get I like work it. It's stage. a good story. Yeah. It's
1: the, the, uh, the early days of munch <laughs> and the pigeon. <laughs>
0: That's true. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what was it like? you've been working for yourself Mm -hmm. right so that's one thing you work for yourself you 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 handle your own time and tasks suddenly you bring in another person Mm -hmm. plus pigeon or two pigeons and and eggs (laughs) but that changes the game right that changes everything suddenly you're in charge of someone you're you're almost responsible for them right what's that like what was that like for you
0: it's actually, it's been the biggest challenge, but it's been the most rewarding part of having a business. I remember the first time I heard someone say on the team, oh God, that's so much, you know, that's so much. And you're like, God, that's so funny that they picked up.
1: What does that mean? I don't
0: know, but
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: But it's, because um, when you first start, when people say your company name to you, you're like, I made that up. It's yeah. not a real thing. Like, <laughs> um, but then other people start, say, yeah, just sort of. Makes it um, I was, legit.
1: I was about to ask you why munch.
0: Yeah, we like to get our teeth stuck in.
1: Ah, okay, brilliant, um, like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very good. So you take on one employee.
0: Yeah.
1: And then it kind of takes off, right? Yeah,
0: it takes off. And uh, we've been why really... or how? How did it take off?
1: How and why? Yeah.
0: I think it takes off. Took off because we do a really good job. Yeah. I mean, that's the. That's the. That's the bones of it. You can do the best marketing and have the best branding in the world, but mm-hmm. if if you do a crap job, like. No one's going to come back. All of our business at the beginning was through word of mouth referrals. I think it's. I think there's a lot of small agencies probably out there that are doing a mediocre job. We don't want to do mediocre. We want to do amazing. Everything that we do, we want to be absolutely brilliant. Even if it's a small budget, we want we you know we we give it our all, and uh, we get the results at the end of the day. And we don't stop until we get them. Um, and we've made changes to people's businesses, really impacted them for the better, mm-hmm. and people want to share that with their contacts as well
1: sure so say like sme business owners out there or startup entrepreneurs like what separates say a medium as you described it or mediocre agency from a really good one like yours
0: yeah i think it's box ticking
1: in what i sense? think it's
0: like cookie cutter approach we've done this we've always done this what does do cookie cutter it. mean so um just put a cookie cutter you know it's someone will come with a with a brief and they'll just do the same thing that they did for another brand because it worked okay yeah and not and are not really thinking okay who's you know really going working backwards from what needs to happen here what do we need these the audience to do what do we need them to think okay let's write a plan from scratch we just do everything from scratch
1: mm-hmm. um, so so what do you start with you start with who the audience is for this brand
0: what the business objective is Okay. Yeah. Start from the what the business objective is. People do PR for lots of different reasons. Sure. Some people do it to sell product. Mm-hmm. Some people do it to shift perception, change the reputation. People do it because people do it in advance to mitigate, you know, to avoid certain things happening, to avoid people thinking something about your brand, to you know, um, to compete with competitors, mm-hmm. sorts of reasons. So work out what the reason is you're doing it, and then who who wh- who do you need to reach. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. What is that? What are those audience? What is that content maker? You know, you know, it could be a publication, it could be influence, whatever. What are they interested in, and how can your brand story interact with that? Really.
1: Yeah. Okay. Excellent. One question I was going to mm-hmm. ask you. Obviously, we described PR back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> which sounded pretty old school, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but what is PR today?
0: PR today. I mean, I think it's the same as it's always been. PR is about um, making. I think it's about moving people.
1: Okay, in what sense? I think it's about moving
0: people, making them feel something, making them do something. Good PR is about getting coverage. Yep. But great PR is about getting coverage that makes people that moves people, even to think so differently, they
1: action something.
0: Yeah, or think differently. Even, but how can you track someone thinking differently right there and then? You can't right, so that's why measurement's such a big issue, but it is, it's about changing perception, changing the way people think about it, changing how people feel about their own lives and what they need, and yeah, I love it.
1: <laughs> I was, I was going to say, how can you track, I was sort of thinking behaviour, but that, again, that can be quite a hard thing to track. If it's online, obviously, as you know, you can track behaviour by various actions hmm. and links and backlinks and traffic, um, but that's that's really interesting. So, Obviously yeah that you've just mentioned the word measurement yes. so, that, so then you get to measurement how how does a business owner measure their pr
0: i think it's really important to know exactly why you're doing the pr so you mm-hmm. can decide what you're As measuring you said
1: earlier, yeah. yeah
0: because if you're looking to make people do something or make to create an action that's what you should be measuring not
1: yeah.
0: how much i don't you know how much coverage you've got cuz what's i really believe there's no point to getting coverage in titles where the audience isn't there. And it sounds really basic, but it's 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 really important. I think people forget about it. You know, three amazing pieces of coverage in titles which are gonna reach your audience with the right message and make them feel something is is surely going to impact your business better than twenty pieces of coverage in titles where hmm. the audience isn't reading it. But people don't lots of brands are still looking for just, volume. just coverage volume. volume.
1: Yeah. Okay. Can
0: but that's a job. But to be honest, that's that's an objective, right? If yeah. your objective is you want to take over and have the biggest share of voice, and you just want to be everywhere, that's fine. Then volume is a good metric, but it's it it depends what the objective is, and I think that's the important part.
1: So, could you? This, this is a tricky question because could you can you kind of give a good example of like clients or where where they're looking at metrics, particular metrics that they're looking at that are. Great case studies, perhaps, or testimonials.
0: Yeah, I mean, we work with a lot of different brands, consumer products, you know, uh, big organizations. But we also do work with a lot of digital businesses, and that's the easiest to track, as you can see, mm-hmm. almost immediately. Like um, apps, apps, websites, so like downloads t- on downloads apps, downloads on yeah. apps, ticket sales to events, traffic to website. This stuff's really easy to track. Yeah. And
1: any particular clients that you can mention that you work with? That yeah, we did
0: a we did a really cool campaign for a client called Gweek, which is an app um that helps you improve your speech intelligence, the way you communicate, um, so you can get a Gweek score and um uh-huh. and, and, and basically move up the ranks through this app and a bit like elocution. It's not necessarily elocution, but it's uh, speaking with impact. So, oh, yes right, elocution's oh, wow. is part of it, but okay. also authenticity and the way your eyes, you know, eye contact and all that stuff. Hmm. Um, and so, we did a, a cool campaign called Love Your Voice, which is sort of about encouraging people to to basically, you know, to find their voice again. People are so used to texting, they're scared of calling. And
1: I know, that's it's sad. Weird, that's so it? scary. Yeah,
0: I much prefer a phone calls. Do, do you
1: remember the world before the internet?
0: Yeah, I remember, of course. I remember my dad coming in and installing CD ROM in our computer. <laughs> And then we, have, because I used to have a Mr Blobby game that you'd have to install yeah. with floppy disk, but five of five floppy disks. Do you remember?
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember. I had a as a kid a something called an Amiga, mm-hmm. and they had floppy disks, yeah. and then um, it didn't have what they called enough RAM, so you had to oh, buy an yeah, extra yeah, unit yeah. and plug it in to play certain games. It's funny. I
0: actually used to play games on teletext.
1: Oh, brilliant! Yeah, it's
0: called bamboozled. It took ages. You remember teletext? Yeah.
1: That was like before the internet. It was like I want to see what the scores are or whatever's yeah. going on news. And
0: if you miss it, you have to. Go and it's like one of 12, and you yeah. miss it, you have to go Keep through, going through yeah. the
1: pages. Yeah. So
0: funny. Does it even exist? I have to have to look. I know
1: they turned it off oh, that's quite so a few sad. years ago, I know, yeah. I'm
0: going to bring it back. That would be a good campaign. Anyway, sorry, we got sidetracked. You're talking yeah. about
1: your your client who is yes, an app, and yeah. it's all about how well you present yourself and your voice. and
0: Exactly. So we did a really cool, uh, we did something called the UM Report, which looked into how people, you know, how people felt about how they spoke and the words that they used, and we used Data from the app as well, and um, to identify you know these words that were ma- were were filling people's sentences and making them not come across how they wanted to you know filler words like um uh so we did a bit of a social experiment where we asked and uh, we got the same person to record two bits of text. One was completely rubbish basically one was factually accurate but they presented it differently the way they spoke was different speech intelligence scores yeah and we, and we asked a blind panel to say who was more intelligent who was more popular so and obviously the the, the one that spoke with the speak high speech intelligence they thought was you know most likely to get be ma- get married most likely to have a good job and all this so wow
1: prove, it's, it's giving you that kind yeah, of analysis yeah
0: exactly so the way you speak <laughs> That's quite frightening yeah exactly well and and people really got it got on board, we had it on B- B- BBC Breakfast and we had it, it was all over the news. Yeah, it was, I think I said it's it called the Um Report. And yeah, we did a, a radio morning, which is kind of like an old school PR thing to do, radio day. But because it's all about voice and words and speaking is perfect for radio. The radio presenters loved it. We got them to compete for who had the best speech intelligence. did um, a little league table. And in the first two hours of that campaign launching, we had more downloads of that app than 24 hours it had previously when they had all other marketing switched on.
1: Wow! So how, how many? Can you remember?
0: I think it increased by a thousand percent. I don't have the actual oh, wow. figure, but okay, yeah, so it was a lot. And that's amazing because that's you know, we connected with those people, you know, we moved them, we show them out, gosh, yeah, do you know what? I I need to improve my speech intelligence and then downloaded the app, so that's good.
1: I'm I'm gonna check that out because doing a podcast I probably need to improve yeah, mine. <laughs> I'm gonna get you Gweek. I know, see what please don't. <laughs> <laughs> what was what were their goals for the app when they when they approached you? Obviously they had a, a goal for what they were aiming for over the next six, 12 months. What was, well, I'm assuming that you completely superseded the goal once the PR campaign was, was yeah, going. Yeah, they were
0: really happy. So um, they wanted to, t- they were a corporate business and they wanted to move into the consumer space. So that we that's why we had to sort of, we had to build this um, narrative around how your people are missing out on using a tool that's really, really powerful. And that's, communication and the way they speak and we we did a lot around you know it's not just for work but for life for love for dating being speech confident and and being able to communicate yourself because it's part of your identity how you speak actually you don't realize but you know when you're speaking when I'm speaking to you your body's picking up on how I look and how I sound and you don't realize it but there's different cues so if I'm mumbling you might think oh she knows she's nervous she doesn't know what she's talking about Hmm. and these are all registering so
1: Hmm.
0: yeah they're really happy
1: that's making me feel quite self-conscious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's interesting. So, okay. So, it, it superseded expectations. I've noticed that you you work with startups. That's quite challenging because presumably they've got like a limited budget. Mm-hmm. Sort of thinking when when does a startup need PR? Can that be answered as a general question or is it purely specific when to? When does
0: it? a startup need PR?
1: Yeah. Should I mean, should it be from day one or or
0: Depends, really. I think PR can help every business at all times. Just depends yeah. on what that business needs at that okay. moment. We love working with startups. So Why? Because, because budgets are small, which makes you ha- you have to think cleverly. Challenge. Page. Yeah, you have problem to, solving. Yeah, right? You have to problem solve <laughs> in a really with a really small resource, and you have to be fresh and you have to think fresh and and be really clever, basically. Yeah. You know, it's easy just to just throw a cash at a problem. And you'll get coverage probably. But yeah, you have to be a bit clever. And I like that. You have know, to be a bit sort of scrappy. That's how we like working with the big brands too, the big budgets. And I think working with both, that's what Munch is all about, being able to... We're a big agency inside. We're just small in size, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. big creativity, big ideas. I think you get as good quality at our agency as you do anywhere else mm. we just happen to be small which means we can work with big brands and small brands we, we work with big brands so they know that we've got we've got that experience, we know what we're doing they're in safe hands yeah. and then the bigger brands, they get to work with PRs who are constantly having to work in ch- you know, with challenger brands and thinking cleverly and yeah. think- so they get that fresh thinking that, um, that they maybe wouldn't get elsewhere
1: okay, yeah, interesting
0: yeah, working with entrepreneurs is cool because they they cut through the crap you cannot fluff them, <laughs> yeah. Not that we would want to, but you just can't. They, they are. Some of our clients are running three businesses, and you're on a 15 minute call, and that call is about action, moving things forward. Um, where, and I like where that. you're at and
1: what's happening. Yeah, next. exactly. I like yeah.
0: working with people who are challenging. I don't want to work in the, in an environment where you're kind of like just doing it for the sake of it. And you know, we really want to make a difference, so we want yeah. to work with other people who are passionate as we are.
1: So, is this kind of Approach and what you've described as what makes you different is this what won you this award the uh, I'll repeat it PR week awards new consultancy of the year 2018
0: yeah, who knows I think so what,
1: did they give you reasons as to why why you got that
0: i think they said we had real entrepreneurial spirit okay yeah and we've grown and we've grown the agency from scratch, you know it didn't take on any investment. Uh, it's been complete. No
1: investment no at investment.
0: all. No um, investment. So all
1: your own kind of money and.
0: Uh, from client work. It's yeah. all really just been built from, from. It's funded itself. It's funded
1: that's itself. That's impressive. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a, a sort of opinion that that's probably the best way to start, but I know, I know that varies for every organization. Yeah.
0: Everyone's different. Yeah. That's just how I did it. Bit by bit, brick by brick, uh, person by person, and made sure every single person that I hired was, had the, the same mentality as us. Yeah. You know the munch mentality, which is about results. Do great work. Be a nice person. That's one of our values: is you don't have to be a dick to be brilliant.
1: <laughs> right. It's yeah. true, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Right. You
0: can still be amazing at your job and be a nice person. So that's what we want. I, every. I totally
1: room. agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, so everyone who we've hired permanently has stayed. So we've got like an amazing team, and we all have the same shared vision and the same values. And say, what, what, what
1: what is that vision? What are those values?
0: Don't do PR for the sake of it. Really want to make an impact. Really proactive. So we, you know, we don't get chased by our clients. We are, we manage our clients. They don't manage us. So we you come chase up them? Ideas? Yeah, we we have to push. Especially working with starters, we have to push them through. I remember one client worked with, having to really push them through the campaign. Otherwise, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have launched. But at the end, he was he was he was really nice about it, and he said, "Yeah, thank thank God." Because. Otherwise, because if people are busy, you know, taking on a PR agency as an entrepreneur is going to add extra work to your life because we need you, right? We need your. Mm -hmm. So. um...
1: Can you name the client? No. Okay, all right. No, <laughs> I supposed, I'm being cheeky. No, they're, they're <laughs> Sorry. lovely, we love them. But
0: um, yeah, I did feel a bit like I was being really bossy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you probably have to.
0: Yeah, I did. You, you've I did. got
1: to get stuff from them to get coverage, right? Yeah, so To help exactly. them generate yeah. coverage.
0: We, we want that coverage. It's not like, you know, if we have an opportunity, we want it it's so much. So if a client can't do it, we've got it. We feel like it's, it's us. You know, we really feel like we're part of the team.
1: How, how much is PR say I'm buying PR, how much is it that I'm buying your contact database as much as your ideas? What's, what's the ratio there? I honestly think it's, it's like
0: 20% that? contacts, 80% talent. Okay. I honestly believe that because you can like...
1: Uh, so if you're talented enough, you, you'll you grab the attention of... Of
0: course, a journalist can, isn't yeah. going to not take your story. If you've got amazing story, if you know how to do it, deliver a great PR story, great PR campaign, and your media strategy is shit hot, um, and you deliver it... With, the, that journalist isn't going to care if they know you or not. Yeah. they'll take us like my friend Lucy said. They'll take a story of your grandma if it's good enough. <laughs> it's true. Contacts are great. Contacts are helpful because it's a people people industry. But specialist agencies are really good because we I suppose we've lost a couple of clients, a couple of pictures before because the uh, the brands wanted to go to a specialist agency because they want to buy the contacts book. Mm-hmm. But I always think to get a you know okay an interiors brand into a t- interiors magazines. You don't, that's not rocket science. They should be writing about you. If you can't get it in there, you've got problems. Something's wrong. Yeah. But what we can do is we can get you in there, but we'll, we know how to take your brand and get you into pages where people aren't expecting to see you. You know, you grab their attention when they're not reading at home magazine, when they're on the tube and then they think, oh, okay.
1: Mm.
0: So that's what we're really good, good at getting it everywhere and making it relevant for everyone because you know.
1: Any tales from the crypt? Yeah, I was, I was
0: scared about this. What does that mean? What do you learn? So, I don't know, for example, for?
1: all sorts of things. So, obviously, you mentioned challenges of starting out yeah. earlier. So, maybe some examples of where things went wrong and what you learnt from them that others can,
0: I know, I was can really take trying from to think, that. I was really trying to Any think. Any mistakes I know it sounds that you'd really
1: be willing funny. to share? Maybe I'm
0: just really arrogant or not arrogant but you know blinkers but I don't I have not think, think there's been any mistakes okay I love it I like all the ups and downs I like uh-huh. the challenges even at the time you know you're like oh I have slept for days no I'm joking um, and <laughs> I, I enjoy it
1: all right well, yeah. well talking of that what keeps you awake at night
0: I'm a really good sleeper I have to say oh you? yeah you're I'm a sleeper. really good sleeper I sleep the way through <laughs> and I re, it's really rare that I'm up late worrying and never worry so
1: you're able to separate you're able to leave the door yeah. To the business, go home and just separate. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but you are able to, but sleep. To, sleep. Yeah, yeah. To, to sleep. I go to sleep.
0: Yeah, as I want to go to sleep, I'll go to sleep. I just think there's no point worrying about it. So I remember I got stressed about something in one of my first PR jobs. There's, that stress actually inhibits your output, inhibits you, making rational decisions. So it's a worse thing if something goes wrong to get stressed. So I'm very good at mon, man, managing my own emotions. And so you, generally, if there's something I'm worried about at night, I'll email myself the thought, mm-hmm. because I can't do anything in the middle of the night, I can't do anything at night, and I let morning Lizzie deal with it.
1: Okay, the other personality. Yeah, on the other, <laughs> side, on the other side of
0: the, the sleep, can pick it up in the morning, and so once that's done, I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing more to do.
1: Yeah, all right, well, how about any lessons from successes, or particular campaign successes?
0: Making sure they've got their work-life balance a bit in check, that's, that's my New resolution this year, I don't know haven't done it yet there's my news resolution this year to, to take more time for myself mm-hmm. um but it's hard you know when you love what you're doing you love you know your business
1: yeah okay I noticed that you gave up alcohol yeah. you suddenly decided to give up alcohol can you describe reasons for that and what it's been like
0: Why well, don't really think the word giving up isn't right just stopped I just decided I don't like it uh, and all I don't like it, it's just it's not for me right now so I stopped drinking it okay um Really. how do
1: you find the social environment when you're saying you're not a drinker and you're surrounded by drinkers how how is that
0: now it's fine yeah um at the beginning it's yeah it can be annoying but I think I've I, I know my, I've got my lines now that I say I've got my patter down and just shut <laughs> <laughs> shut down I don't want to talk about this yeah because it is annoying having to justify yourself all the time
1: yeah I mention it because it's obviously January. Yeah. A lot of people doing dry jam, mm. myself included. Yeah. and I'm actually quite enjoying not drinking. Yeah, good
0: for you. <laughs> yeah. So, but how I've do you noticed, find it?
1: Well, to be fair, I used to drink quite a bit in my twenties. Yeah, and then had kids, and my output has has gone down a lot with having kids to the point now that doing a dry jam I find really easy. Yeah. Anyway. And I'm less in a social environment where other people are drinking on a regular basis to find yeah. it an issue or a problem. But you know, I was sort of thinking in your world in PR, I presume there's a lot of events that you go to and things you do where booze can be there and does that create a difficulty? No. No, not I just pick up
0: a different drink. It's so easy. I just pick up a different <laughs> drink and drink it. It's like...
1: Issueless. It's so easy, yeah.
0: And it's people are like, oh, but you're drinking... Ask, people ask me if I want to drink for, you know, getting around it. and I'll say, oh, just, you know, just a water. Like, water! You drank water this morning. I'm not doing anything unusual. I'm just continuing my be- beverage choice yeah. throughout the day. <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: Where do you go for inspiration? For Where do business? I go yeah. for
0: inspiration? Um, I try and take off a lot... Well for the first two years I didn't take any holidays so I take off wow. a few weeks in December and I go yeah. somewhere hot by the sea okay. and refocus on, I get like business fit, body fit, like workout loads and Which plan perti- for the any year. Any
1: particular workouts that you enjoy? I'm, re-
0: I'm really into weightlifting so I do like heavy lifts oh, wow. yeah. okay. and CrossFit I like. Do you have a trainer? I don't. I don't need a trainer.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you are the trainer.
0: I my gym's called Titan. Right. Okay. Okay.
1: Right. Yeah. I know of it. I know of it. Okay. That's serious. (laughs) Yeah,
0: serious. So I'm in there squatting.
1: Don't need. How how many squats?
0: (laughs) How many? Yeah. Are you? Uh, I used to do 100 heavy squats every Sunday, so it's like what's, what's, what's 50 in a or heavy 60 squat? kg, fit, right, okay. so I'm, I weigh 50, so it's like body weight.
1: Body weight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Deadlifts
0: oh, wow. and stuff. Deadlifts,
1: mm-hmm. okay. How much can you deadlift?
0: I think my one rep max is 84, okay? Okay. which is like 150% my body yeah. weight. That's good. Pretty good, yeah. That's good. Not bad. Yeah. Bad for a little nipper.
1: <laughs> Any yeah. other things that you do in your spare time uh, that you enjoy?
0: Guitar, that's actually yeah, massive. So. I do that every, yeah, nearly every evening after work. That's okay. my like my chill out because I'm not on any technology, but it's quite still quite creative. Yeah, um, using my body in a way I don't normally.
1: Yeah,
0: and you but, can't really think about work when you're playing. But solo. But solo, no yeah, audience, no audience. No. So, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought all guitar players <laughs> wanted neighbor, an audience. <laughs> my neighbours were like, "Oh God." Not even pigeons. No pigeons. Sadly. Oh, no pigeons. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Your painting is such a tragic photo- <laughs> picture of me.
1: Okay, well, that's interesting. So, obviously, we described a little bit of what PR used to be like, well, certainly yeah. in my world, <laughs> mm. and a little bit of yours. Where next? What What's happening with PR? What, what's the future hold, do you
0: think? Who knows? I really think that PR will always be around in some form or when Businesses want, will always want to connect with their audience, their consumers, their customers, their clients. And people, in general, will always want, to To learn about the world from from third party sources, not f- direct from brands, mm-hmm. and as long as that's happening, there'll be PR.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think. Do you do a lot of work in terms of YouTube and all that kind of stuff? A lot of video related work, or yeah,
0: we're well, we're creating. Um, we're actually working with the National Lottery at the moment to create a mini series, like a okay. mini documentary series, showing where lottery funding goes locally. Because oh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing because people think. I think there's a misconception that you know you buy a lottery ticket that money goes obviously towards the people that win the lottery but also the vna and all these big buildings but actually you could be on the bus to um to work and there'll be someone standing next you that's been helped by lottery funding that you've actually mm. contributed to and that's so that's what we're doing kind of going and telling these untold stories around in the north um so yeah we're, so it's an
1: integrated campaign digital tell me about influencers mm. it's, it's, it seems like a new thing i think influencers have actually been around a long time but it's mm-hmm. become a term yeah what do we all need to know about influencers and how to get them
0: how to get them how to get them i think you just have to have a, get through to them i, I say. think people need to have a really thought through strategy and yep. not just just do it because everyone else is doing it mm-hmm and do your homework and like you do that's the thing with with media you know it's it's a reputable source but do your homework like you would with anything else and have a strategy in place put a strategy in place think about what you want these influencers to achieve why you're using them um hmm. rather than just sort of just trying to work with influencers because it's the hot topic
1: has, has influencers changed a lot over the over the last 10-15 years
0: well i mean there's loads going on just today there's a story about I think it's Zoella saying she's going to, she's pledging to clean up her act. There's a real focus on influencers in the mainstream, which is really interesting because usually PRs, you know, you don't talk about, it's not talked about in the mainstream media because it's sort of secret um, black magic. But um, <laughs> but yeah, influencers and, and their impact on consumers has talk, been talked about by mainstream. And I wonder if it's because, you know, so many young people now just grown up being marketed to by influencers and
1: and it it, it seems like in the old, in well, I said the old days, <laughs> it's giving away my days. age again, <laughs> my days, Yeah, <laughs> it seemed like an influence, sort of like you'd get a celebrity on board yeah. and and they'd, you, you'd be in magazines for that and goodness knows what else. And then suddenly social media rocked up and suddenly it was no longer just celebrities, it was people turning themselves almost into celebrities through social media and becoming yeah. an influencer that way. seems know. like that's... I seem to blink my eyes and that happened. But it does seem to have changed very rapidly. And now we're already talking about influencers in terms of they now need to say, I'm actually working with this product and they're paying me. Is that yeah. correct?
0: Yeah, exactly. I have to be reopened really and transparent about it. But I think that the, this influencer culture has really seeped into, into people's everyday lives, how they go, like cause Instagram stories now, people that, have, that are not influencers.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Are are talking to camera and presenting their own little mini T V shows if they were influencers. So I suppose technically they are a micro 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 influencer among their friends and family, but then that means we've all been influencers forever. Mm.
1: What make, what makes someone an influencer then?
0: But they can influence if they have influence.
1: How how many followers <laughs> does that take? Is there a rule?
0: Well in the industry. Is, but this is another thing. What's the point of how working with an influencer who has a million followers of whom one percent of them are your target audience? Right. Right. So pointless. lots of these girls that really, you know, these hot girls on Instagram, are mainly followed by men, but they're advertising girl products.
1: does that make sense, right? Yeah. Pointless. Yeah. Right. Totally pointless. So it just needs to be thought. So through. so think through. Know, so know the individual, right?
0: Yeah, and decide what your what your objective is, why you're working with them. Have a strategy in place. Who are the influencers you will work with, who won't you? Um, what are the, what's the function? Is it to sell product? Is it to build your brand? Hmm. see people is it
1: easy for you as a, an agency to reach out to influencers yeah these days mm-hmm. how does that work can you say
0: some have agents yeah um, some do their own thing but i think it's like anything and it's the same when you work with journalists you've got to be think about that person that you're contacting them you know the people are really busy no one's going to sell your product just because you want them to yeah. We need to give them some value and understand where they're coming from. That's what we think like journalists at Munch. That's why we get such good coverage. is because we're thinking we're taking them a story, we're selling them a story. We're not selling them our client's product. The yeah. cli- the, the product gets sold in amongst that. But I always I had an analogy which is like it's like a, a a cake, but it's a really terrible metaphor. So I should I don't know I should probably no, no, not use go for it. it. It's do. like a cake with a nail file in. You know that's your that's your. Key message, that's what you're trying to get. But you need to package it up and give them something that they want. Right. Right. You know what I mean to get it through? Uh, The PR is like the packaging. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the cake. The cake. Yeah.
1: No, I like that. That's good. Okay. Mm. So, what's the future hold for you and Munch? Where next?
0: Yes. Where next? So, this year is all about growth, um, but but really controlled growth because I don't ever want to do anything that's that's not amazing work so it's making sure we can still deliver the same great quality of what we're while we're growing
1: so not growing too fast yeah exactly yeah.
0: and bringing the right people on board so like i said ta- our talent hiring has been a really big part of the business plan and we want to win more awards we really want to be known as the the best boutique agency that you can trust that will get the results right. deliver you creative work and and have a great culture as well as be nice to work with
1: mm-hmm yeah, okay. Do you have an end goal with all this or is it an infinite thing for you?
0: At the moment, we're still so new. Yeah. We're only in our third year, yeah. really. So we're just taking it as it comes.
1: So in your third year, you've got seven employees yeah. and one big award and several finalist awards. Yeah, That's quite something. It's quite mm. an achievement. Yeah. We want to
0: win some awards for client work. Right. Planet campaigns.
1: Yeah, we yeah. love that. Okay. Uh, um, are there any you're entering at the moment that you can tell us about?
0: That's not interesting. <laughs>
1: oh, um, it is. It is. Well, it
0: is. every agency is entering all, awards all the time. So, um, but we and, and work with more amazing brands. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, you know what's going to happen next.
1: Okay. Wonderful. I think that's a great point to wrap it up and say thank you very much. But before we do go, Perhaps you can tell tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find your business online. So you have an Instagram account, right?
0: Yeah, we the Munch one. Yeah, yeah, well, both
1: you and your business. If yeah, you want.
0: <laughs> I do. My <have, laughs> personal. You are your do business. My phone number, like I, <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> um,
0: so well, we're online, obviously MunchPR.com. Yep. And um, there's actually a really useful guide on there for any startups who are thinking about taking on PR mm-hmm. and it's um how to find the right PR agency for you and it talks about all the, the whole process of working with PR agency different types of different campaigns you can do there's even a little dictionary at the back to bust some of the jargon that people use so people so that uh, businesses know what, what PRs are talking about and on Instagram I think we're UK. and yeah. if anyone wants to follow my personal Instagram <laughs> which I doubt is Lizzie J. Earl.
1: Okay, Twitter, are you on there?
0: I'm on Twitter as well, Lizzie yeah. J L. Yeah.
1: Lizzie J L. And Munch is Munch on Twitter? No, Munch no, isn't no, on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. All right, brilliant. Well, thank you very much. And I wish you all the best thank going you. forward. Thanks thank you. Thanks for having me. A big thanks to Lizzie for joining me to relay her personal and business life. There were some fascinating things in there. I was particularly intrigued by the way PR has changed over the years with the maturity of the internet. And how SMEs should approach their PR and the use of influencers. Be sure to tune in as we'll be back soon with another interview. In the meantime, please do subscribe to Beyond the Numbers on your preferred podcast app. You can get in touch with your feedback using the hashtag BeyondTheNumbers and you can tweet me at ThompsonCST and at Weller's SME. Beyond the Numbers is a Weller's production. Till next time, I'll leave you with a quote from the philosopher Nietzsche. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how.